Thank you for listening to Ivy Podcast, where we feature weekly leadership conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Now, here is your host, Cesar Romero. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Ivy Podcast, the podcast for innovators, leaders, and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Cesar Romero, and today we're going to talk about building a sustainable sea greens-based food brand with Courtney Boyd Myers, co-founder and CEO of Akua. In this episode, we'll dive deeper into how to leverage the power of community and crowdfunding as the ultimate tools for product development, marketing, and brand awareness. And of course, Courtney will share her advice to women entrepreneurs going through challenging times. Courtney is an entrepreneur, environmentalist, and writer. Prior to launching Akua, she helped build the Summit community, a global network of founders, creatives, and innovators. Previously, she helped market companies such as Four Sigmatic and On Frame Ice Cream. She began her career as a journalist at Forbes magazine and The Next Web, and has been recognized as one of Fast Company's most creative people in business. I'm excited to have you here, and before we dive into our conversation, I have a huge favor to ask, especially if you find this episode helpful. Please go to iTunes and leave us a review for the podcast. Just search for Ivy Podcast or click the link in the show notes. This will really help us grow our show and get in front of as many listeners as possible. Thank you so much for your support and let's dive right into the show. Hi, Courtney. Hello. Welcome to the Avid Podcast. I'm so excited to dive deeper into Akua and your background in building communities and journalism and and what your your vision is with, with Akua. So Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be on the Ivy podcast. Absolutely. And to start off, I want to ask you about your career path, right? Like, how do you get involved in, in, in the food industry and specifically in the regenerative ocean farming? Yeah, no, it was definitely not a straight line. Uh, <laughs> I started out working in journalism. So I was writing the Forbes 400 rich list, if you remember that. And we were, you know, basically chasing down where money was going between families like the DuPonts. Mm-hmm. And I got, you know, on track to write about Bernie Madoff around the same time that that scandal happened. And I just became really depressed. And so I said to my editor, I want to write about something more positive. And he said, well, why don't you write about robots? Everyone's buying robots for their homes, like this new Roomba. (laughs) And so I like loved robots. And I started writing about technology and artificial intelligence from there. That transferred into writing about technology and startups and interviewing entrepreneurs. Um, Loved that. Built an amazing network of people who I interviewed um, because I was really personable and curious and I think just a fun interview for them. And when I 
turned the corner around 30, um, I started thinking a lot more seriously about climate change and really thinking about how I would have this conversation with my future granddaughter and she would ask me, what were you doing when the world was burning? And, you know, by this time I was also consulting and, and working for mm -hmm. event companies and I just didn't want to tell her that I was, you know, working for a dating app. <laughs> and so I wanted to have a good reason um, to defend the fact that, you know, I had done something. And so I decided to dedicate the rest of my career to addressing climate change and protecting our planet. And I'm a massive ocean lover. And so when I started talking about this um, with more of my friends, I uh, was just introduced to ocean farming through one of my childhood best friends. Um, he's still a best friend of mine. He started a nonprofit called Green Wave with Bren Smith, who's um, the kind of famous co-founder behind Green Wave. He's a fisherman who's written a book called Eat Like a Fish. And I took a kelp farm tour in 2016 and ate a piece of kelp on a rope. And I was obsessed, obsessed. And <laughs> I just knew that I had found my calling. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I love that. And, and talk to us about kelp, because until Akua, I had no idea what, what kelp was, right? Right. I, I asked my wife, because she's a big foodie, hey, I, like, do, do you know what kelp is? And she's like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's like seaweed, right? So right. For, for those in the audience that might not be familiar with, with, with kelp and why we should be more kelp, uh, give us the, the rundown of, you know, of the importance of, of kelp. Yeah, I mean, when you think about kelp, it's basically an underwater plant. And mm. so like kale and broccoli, there's, you know, tons of different types of vegetables that grow under the ocean. And they're really nutrient rich, specifically vitamins and minerals. So with kelp, you have A and K, um, it's really high in magnesium, calcium, iodine, iron, zinc, folates. Uh, and it's just it's a really hearty vegetable that can be, you know, pureed into soups. It can be powdered into supplements. Um, and I really wanted to think about a more delicious way to eat it mm. because there's all these incredible environmental benefits as well on top of all the health benefits. And I just thought, what if I can create food that's as healthy for you as it is for the planet too? That would be really exciting because to date, one of the big reasons that we're seeing the, you know, destruction of our planet and climate change is because of our food systems. Mm -hmm. And so then I thought one step further, well, what if I can replace the most unsustainable form of food agriculture, which is factory farming with the most sustainable form of food agriculture, which is kelp farming. And so we started working on jerky and burgers and sausages all made from kelp and mushrooms. I love that. And, and let's, let's dive deeper into, into that journey because it's, it's one thing to have an idea, right? Turning kelp into, into a business. Right, like what, what, what was the, I guess the aha moment that led you to found Akua and and, and turn it into a full fledged business? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people approach business in a very Harvard Business School like way. They're like, okay, I see a a problem and an opportunity and I'm going to put together a business plan and I'm going to mm -hmm. look at the margins and the scalability. And I did like none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I just was completely obsessed with getting more people to eat kelp because I was so romanticized by, mm -hmm. you know, again, this, this environmental solution, this food mm -hmm. solution that could literally turn 
you know, climate change in reverse if done at scale. And I think it's something important to know about me is I, I've always been that like weird white girl walking up and down the aisles of a grocery store being like, why are there not more interesting things to eat made out of seaweed? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, all my Asian friends like loved seaweed and grew up eating it. I just thought that was bizarre that in the Western world, we don't really eat it. And it's a very lost part of our food culture because we did eat it at one point. Um, so in, in sort of starting a business, I, I really like relate to that analogy of, of building a plane as you fall out of the sky, mm -hmm. you know, it was sort of like, oh, like I want to do this. And then like, oh, I need like a co-founder for that. And like, oh, we need to raise money. And like, you know, just sort of talking and asking a lot of questions and what I'm really good at, <laughs> which is not business plan, but what I'm really good at is building community. And so I just started building communities of people around me who were so much smarter than I was in the CPG industry. And yeah, I mean, it, it took a long time, I think, to, to get to where we are today. You know, we started working on the business part-time in 2017. Um, but yeah, it was so much because of the friends and people I met along the way that, that we are here today. I want to take, take a pause from Akua and I want to shift into community since we're, we're talking about that. And community is becoming trending over the past few years because businesses are finally starting to realize the importance of building community-driven businesses. And I wanted to ask you, why is community important to you and how do you get started? Uh, is that something that naturally came to you or was it something that you realized along the way, hey, I should really start building community because you know this is this is the way forward uh yeah so i was that three-year-old on a plane walking up and down the aisles shaking people's hands and asking them where they were going and if <laughs> going to grandma's house too and so i've just always been really precocious and really gregarious and 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 always wanting to meet new people mm -hmm. i remember when i moved to a new town around the same time we had like aol i would sort of search in that town all of the people who were born in 1984 and you know had put their town in their profile and i messaged all of them and invited them to a party in my house and I didn't even meet them, you know, that's, that's how I met them. And so I think like, I've always seen community building as like the ultimate survival tool. Mm -hmm. And I really see the word networking in a very different way. I see it as actually working a net, you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. building a net of people around you so that like, you know, however tall you climb, you know, your fall is, is never going to be to the ground. You're always going to be caught. Uh, and so, yeah, I think my, my greatest asset is really my ability to, to bring people around a dinner table and now I can feed them kelp burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And there's a story I, I heard on the early days of, of Akua and kelp that you threw these uh, meetups uh, around uh, kelp, right? And you leveraged that as a way to test out um, the product, right? Which is, I thought that was so genius, right? Like, why don't you, we just have a meetup and, and see how people, what people say, you know, and what's the feedback. And I, I think that's such an underrated uh, strategy, right? And it makes sense, right? Because that your background is in community. And yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> 
Definitely. I mean, when we were first doing product development for kelp jerky, we were literally pulling people off the streets of the East Village and offering <laughs> them beers and getting them to try products. And maybe that's why kelp jerky didn't turn out so well. But <laughs> we, with the kelp burgers, um, we hosted our first public tasting party March 9th. I think it was the day that Trump decided to mm. ban Europeans from flying into the US. And my husband's French. So I remember like being filled with fear of just mm -hmm. how different the world was, was going. Right. And I was like, how are we going to do product development if we can't bring people together in real life? And we also had no money. And so we mm -hmm. just started charging people for beta samples and we mm -hmm. called them the kelp burger, like secret society and the kelp <laughs> burger beta club. And we made it really cool. But also at this time, people were desperate to buy anything online that was interesting mm. in food, right? Because, you know, restaurants were closed and all of a sudden we were, you know, having to cook all of our own meals and we were getting really bored. And so a lot of people said no problem and signed up for our beta secret society and bought the kelp burgers. And with a thousand people from basically May, 2020 to November, 2020, we would send out samples and every two weeks we'd send out more and we would, it iterate based on their feedback. So it was really like a customer and community created product. Um, then we sort of got to the point where we, you know, loved the taste and we just needed a little bit of help on the binding. And so we worked with a food scientist on that. And we said, all the veggie burgers out there, especially beyond an impossible use this um, chemical called methucellulose. And it's actually not horrible for you, but I don't want the word meth on my ingredient label. And, uh, and so we, you know, we sort of landed on agar, which is a red seaweed and konjac, which is a Japanese tuber to really bind our burger together. And we just launched that new recipe last week. I love it. I, I love how you're being able to leverage the power of community, right? Yeah. And with that, I, I want also pivot on on crowdfunding because I know yeah. you, you you had success you know with Kickstarter with Republic and uh, you recently just today I, I saw that you published a, a post on medium about your experience with Republic and I want to dive into that because I think not that many people think about crowdfunding as a strategy to uh, build a business right and you've been someone that you being able to leverage that, you know, with Kickstarter, with with Republic, um, what I guess what what have been some of the biggest lessons for you uh, when it comes to crowdfunding, and for someone that might be thinking about crowdfunding, you know, what would you recommend to them? Definitely. So we started out in 2018 with a Kickstarter, and we were also privately fundraising at that point. We had an idea, we had some really early samples that were not ready for commercialization. Um, mm -hmm. But we were also changing our brand name at the time from Beyond the Shoreline to Akua mm -hmm. and really just needed a little extra money, um, but really saw Kickstarter as a, a marketing tool more than anything because all the money that comes in goes right back out in the form of product. Right. Um, but it was an incredible marketing tool. It was really uh, a little painful though, because it took us like a year to fulfill. And mm. I, that was one of my, you know, big sort of learnings as a founder moving from tech to food is just how long food takes compared mm -hmm. to tech. Um, and so example, like moving from a kitchen recipe to the manufacturing recipe took that year. That's what we were doing. 
um, we were able to do it much faster with the burger because we had we had so many more uh, learnings as as founders. <laughs> and the burgers are easier than jerky to make, and so yeah, the Kickstarter was great. I'd say about thirteen hundred people backed the Kickstarter, and then we we went on Indiegogo to raise a little more money. After they have this program that takes successful Kickstarters and lets you kind of keep raising after the month uh, of your campaign is over or, or two months, and so we you know, knew that we had this, this really, you know, engaged customer base when we did launch kelp jerky. And then when we were fundraising in 2020 to launch our kelp burger or bring it to market, it was like really hard to fundraise during the pandemic. And yeah. And we also didn't have proof of concept on the burger. Mm -hmm. You know, the jerky was sort of not a big hit and yeah, it was painful. And we like, were kept getting approached by like all these equity crowdfunding platforms to, you know, essentially launch on, on their platform. Mm -hmm. And they kept saying, you know, because of the pandemic, we're seeing private VC go down and we're seeing equity crowdfunding really grow because people are sitting at home looking for, you know, just things to do on the internet, basically. <laughs> and we chose Republic for a lot of reasons. And we are so happy we did because their team's amazing. Um, and it just, as we went through this campaign, it, it just really solidified in our head that like, you know, yes, we have private investors, but we are a community owned and run company. You know, now our mm -hmm. Kickstarter and um, backers are our customers and now they're actually our investors. And that's just those people. I haven't met a lot of them, you know, but like they've changed my life and I hope to change theirs. Um, so yeah, we're, we're so grateful for the experience we had. I love it. And yes, I'm, I'm part of that community, right? Yeah, and I, you are. I, I, I love that you think about a business as a community uh, because you're, that's what it is, right? You're, you're serving um, the people that uh, invested into the future, right? With, with Akua. Um, has there been, you know, throughout your journey, has there, has there ever been like a fork on the road where, you know, had you decided something differently, something different, Akua would not be uh, where it is today. Yeah, that fork was stuck into your kelp burger. Um, mm -hmm. Last year, when we were preparing for Expo West, which is like the big natural food mm -hmm. trade show, it was March 2nd, and we were all really excited about, you know, going to a conference with 100,000 people and all like with our bare hands and saliva mouth, just eating food from each other's tables. <laughs> so that got canceled. <laughs> and, you know, we were preparing to come to that event showing two products, mm -hmm. the jerky and what we were waffling between calling kelp bites and kelp balls. And these were basically date and cacao and kelp filled butt ball shaped bites. Um, there's a lot of these different products on the market today and they were, deli they were delicious, um, but like so pathetic compared to like how the reactions been to our burger. And so like, thank God that show was canceled because we would have just looked kind of small as a company mm -hmm. and we went back to the drawing board and my co-founder was just like you know I really want to push this burger forward and I was like fuck yeah let's do it and then as the pandemic increased we realized how um important it was to provide people with a healthy meal that they can grab from their freezers and eat eight minutes later you know just like the quickness of that and the convenience while also delivering on health and sustainability 
So yeah, I think if we had gone the bites route and we were selling mediocre jerky and, and mm -hmm. delicious bites, like, I mean, we would have been screwed. Like, I don't think we'd be in business today. So the burger really saved us that the fork in the burger. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I, I still have to try the burger. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be, uh, that's one of my things to do. It's, uh, start, start getting the kelp and, and the burgers. Um, and, um, you know, you're, you're someone that is inspirational, right? You, you are creative and you're building a brand, you're building a business. Um, what advice do you have for women entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs that are listening to this episode that, you know, might be going through a rough patch, challenging times? Um, what would you, what would you advise to them? Yeah, so we as entrepreneurs are on a ride with a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And I think that the biggest element to consider is like enjoying the journey, mm. like, you know, approaching the journey with joy and curiosity. You're going to be stressed, but like, you know, to segue, like I was living uh, part-time at the founder of Life is Good's house, uh, like summer 2018, as we were building the business. And we were going through a really tough time with the business. You know, we were just not getting this product off the ground. We had these angry Kickstarter backers. This is like before we launched and we were in an accelerator in Boston, which is why I was crashing at my friend, uh, Bert Jacobs house who founded Life is Good, which is an amazing company. And I'd come home at night and we'd have a beer and I'd be like, Bert, like, oh God, it's been such a tough day. I went to MIT to talk about the business and like, you know, it's just, we haven't even launched yet. And he'd be like, Courtney, you went to MIT to talk about your business. Like you get to go to an accelerator every day where there's people that are just supporting you and your dreams. And I was just like, whoa, you know, like, like, of course, like he's like Mr. Positivity and optimism, but it's so true. Like, so I, I, I really think that, that, that summer, the accelerator was, was one thing, but actually my, my sort of interactions with him were, were, were much more impactful. And I look at things today and I'm like, you know, with customer service, some people can't stand to do customer service. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my God, these annoying customers. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, strangers have questions about my business. This is incredible. And I have like all the time in the world to answer trolls and angry people and happy people because like, what a blessing, you know? Like I've created something that someone's taking time out of their day to comment mm -hmm. on. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like customers are the livelihood of the business. But I understand there's different things for different people. It's yeah. <laughs> some, some founders gravitate more towards strategy, the te technical elements of the business where other founders are, give me all the customers. I'll talk to everybody. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, no, totally. And just the importance of having a community and a support system, especially when you're going through those tough times people that can remind you how far you've come and all, all the things that you, you have accomplished. Because there's there are times where you just wanna give up or you wanna pivot or you're just not getting any traction, right? So just having, just having that, like someone that hypes you up, like, Courtney, no. 
<laughs> where you're doing this, you know, that, that's, that's so important. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think that comes too often from your customers. Every once in a while, you have a customer that says like, you know, thank you so much for creating this. Mm -hmm. Like, I love what you're doing. Um, and, you know, I, I think like it, it has to really come from internal because other than like Bert Jacobs, like I, the founder <laughs> of Life is Good, like not many people are constantly sort of like reframing things for mm -hmm. me. Um, and, you know, I, I think you get a little bit too, like we have an employee named Eve, who's like, I call her my number one employee and my best friend, because she's just like so spirited and so smart and like so hungry and like watching her excitement for the business, even during the toughest times is like really inspiring and heartwarming and, and keeps me going. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just like, you kind of have to be your own rock sometimes as an entrepreneur, which can feel really lonely. And you have to think through things late at night. Like, what if this does fail? You know, like, what if I lose my friend's money? Like, you know, at what point are you going to get to where even if you fail, you know, you've left it all out on the playing field. <laughs> and right. I think personally for me, you know, I am about six months away from that feeling. Like mm -hmm. once the Kelp Burger is on shelves and people are buying it, I will have felt like, even if we fail after that, I will have put it all out on the field mm -hmm. and I won't be a, like, obviously I'll be sad if we fail, but like, it will be a moment where uh, like, I'll know I did my best. Um, and so I think, you know, you, you have to, as a founder every day, even during the best of times, just stay humble, know how crazy the chances of your failure <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, do your best. I love that. Just show up and do your best, right? And, yeah. And the rest will, will take care of itself. And I know two, two, two questions I have about Akua. And I should ask you at the, at the beginning, where, where does the name Akua came from? Right? Because I know you, you rebranded it. And the second question is, I know that you want to build it into a brand that's raising awareness about climate change, ocean health, you know, sustainable food. What do you foresee being the biggest challenge to achieving that, that vision? Yeah, the name Akua comes from a funny sort of look at the word aqua for water, but with a K for kelp. Mm. And then we didn't like the mm -hmm. way that like aqua sounded. So we, mm -hmm. you know, there was the uh, word Akua means a lot of different things in a lot of different languages, but in Hawaiian and the Polynesian language, it refers to gods and goddesses and spirits and ghosts and like you know yeah. that sounded really cool and especially <laughs> these cultures that are such ocean dependent cultures um so akua we love and it just sounds very aquatic mm -hmm. um yeah that's the story what was your next question <laughs> yeah no that's that's great i i love it i always like to ask about you know how do you come up with a name and the second question was because i know that Akua wants to be this brand that's raising awareness about sustainable foods, climate change, ocean health. And my question was, what's the biggest challenge that you foresee getting in the way of achieving that vision? Yeah, I think it's going to have to get down to like product market fit. You know, like mm -hmm. we with the jerky, it's very much a health food. Mm -hmm. um, like if you're into eating earthy food with zero added sugar in it, then kelp jerky is you're probably going to love it. But that's not the big part of the population. And so we said, like, you know, if we want to create scale, like how are we going to do that? And mm -hmm. we're going to do it through creating a product everybody loves. 
And the kelp burger is that product. So, you know, at this point, I think our biggest inhibitor now to growth is going to be around price point and operations and like making sure that like we're able to work with the right manufacturers and get the right rates on shipping. And we're going to be growing the kelp industry so that the price of kelp comes down so that we can make these products even more affordable as we go. Because at the moment, kelp's very expensive and that's our number one ingredient. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to change for a while unless the farming industry continues to grow. And then on manufacturing, it's going to just be a balance of like a lot of people have to buy this. Like we have to scale quickly to order to get sort of in a manufacturer where they'll take us because we're selling 100,000 burgers a day and then we'll be able to drop prices. So, yeah, I think the continual price point dropping is is really important to us. Like, you know, out of the gate, we're definitely a premium priced product. It's going to be $8.99 for a two pack, which is like mm-hmm. very expensive. But at the same time, like there are no other kelp burgers out there to like price against. So, you know, I think people need to understand that in order to create real change, you know, there has to kind of be this like green tax, as they call it, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Teslas are more expensive than Chevy Suburbans. Right? right. And we buy a Tesla because we know it's it's going in the right direction. So I want people to think about our kelp burgers kind of as like the Tesla as burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, but eventually, you know, just like I'm sure Elon Musk wants to get the price of these Teslas down, we want to mm-hmm. get the price of our kelp burgers down too. Love that. Love that. And, and yes, right. Uh, initially the price might be high, but to, to use the example of, of Tesla, right? Tesla has its loyal fan base and just like, my, like Apple, right. And even if, if the price was whatever the price was, there, there are customers that will follow you till the end because they, they believe in you, they believe in the product, they believe in the mission. And I think uh, Akua is doing it right with community. I mean, that's, that's how I got involved, right? The Re- Republic and I saw what you're building, I saw the future, I read about your story and how inspirational you are. So I said, you know what, I'm in. Right. So yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's definitely do not lose that as you continue to grow, as you continue to build. Uh, Cause I think that's, that's the foundation foundation to, to everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So really excited to have you as an investor through Republic. And the other really cool thing about Republic is we have now over like 2,200 people who mm-hmm. also feel like you, who are like invested in this company and like fighting for us in the world to succeed. So I mean, that's one of the greatest things about equity crowdfunding is just expanding your pool of support. And as a startup, you need a lot of support. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, if, if someone were to wanted to get involved with, with Akua, well, first, is Akua hiring? If not, that's okay. If someone wanted to get involved, you know, what are some of the things that you would look for in a potential teammate uh, in Akua? Yeah, so we actually just finished hiring. So we were hiring for a COO uh, or an operations director, and we just hired someone. Right now, I think given how new we are to the industry, we're like really just looking for like industry vets and experts mm-hmm. to to partner with us. So we have yeah. an amazing new retail sales strategists and partners who are going to really help us scale in retail. And I think we'll keep our internal team pretty lean other than, mm-hmm. than these two new partners because they're both very expensive. <laughs> and <laughs> so, and like my co-founder and I still haven't taken a salary. So like we're going to take a salary soon. But yeah, I think the biggest 
the, obviously the biggest thing that anyone could do to support us would be to you know try our kelp burgers mm -hmm. you know buy them online share them with their friends and family and that word of mouth <laughs> that you know is going to just that that's everything for us word of mouth is an underrated tactic right but yeah. it it can spread like like wildfire yeah you know I've, absolutely I've, from from personal experience I used to be part of the travel industry, early stage startup. And that's one of, that was one of our main tactics to grow the company. Word of mouth, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your community, <laughs> wherever it is, just tell them. <laughs> it's true. And you know, that's, that's how I find out about things, right? Like it's a mix of friends telling me things and finding them on Instagram. So, you know, yes, press helps, but it's, it's really that validation from your, your friends about, you know, brands that you can trust and should back. Yeah, absolutely. Now in, in terms of innovation and technologies uh, in the food industry in general, you know, what, what are some of the things that you're excited about or, or curious and why? Yeah. So, you know, we've basically been so in a hole around seaweed, <laughs> but it is, <laughs> Um, you know, for us, we're, we're looking at, you know, partnering with other kelp based companies to sort of have this like rising tide lifts all boats effect. Um, obviously at some point, like, you know, we're going to have to deal with competitors, you know, people who are coming out with other seaweed burgers or God forbid, like other kelp burgers and just totally copying us. But um, I think at the moment, you know, we really welcome more entrepreneurs entering this space uh, as long as they don't copy us. But uh, <laughs> what else? Um, I think things that, you know, I've, I'm really excited about in the industry other than kelp right now and, and, and want to like connect on or be a part of or, you know, I think anyone that's sort of looking at like the alternate protein space um, in a way that is not like Frankenstein meat, because <laughs> I really don't like the fact that like in trying to solve for one problem around the nutrition piece and the environmental piece or animal morality piece that like we're creating this other problem, which is like overly processed food. Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't, I, I think a lot of people just assume plant-based is healthy and they're like eating a beyond meat burger every day. And like, that's like really not taking care of your personal health. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we need to create these Frankenstein meats. I think like we can rely on like whole food plants and, and really sort of return to, you know, a more simple diet. That said, one of the things I'm again, most excited about is, is really kelp and seaweeds in general and mushrooms, because I think as more people go plant-based, they're going to need more diversity in their diets. Uh, mm -hmm. And so kelp and mushrooms are a big part of that. I love that. And one of the things that you mentioned, you know, the, the fear of other entrepreneurs coming and copying your product. Um, I always like to tell people, hey, they, they might come and copy the product, but the community, that's unique. That's hard to replicate. Yeah. And the fact that you are already building that, that sets you apart from anybody else that might join. So uh, big kudos to you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Awesome, Courtney. So let's um, shift here and just to wrap it up, one other question I have for you. And this one is in terms of, you know, throughout your career, whether personal or professional, you know, what would you say is one of the best investments you've ever made? Aloe Yoga is a, an app 
that's on my iPad and Hmm. it's 20 bucks a month and it has hundreds, if not thousands of yoga and meditation and fitness classes. And I travel a lot for work and for life. And obviously with the pandemic and yoga studios being closed, which is like the saddest thing for me ever, because that's my church. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this app has brought me a physical health, but also mental health. And I, I every day religiously, unless I'm surfing or kiting or doing something mm-hmm. active otherwise, I do minimum 20 minutes of yoga. Um, and I think, you know, that's so important for every entrepreneur to like take care of themselves, um, and to, to sort of make time for yourself, like, and, and, and schedule it in your calendar. If you have to, I always do. I've like, I look at my calendar for the week and I just pop in the yoga times because if I don't do that, they'll get scheduled over. Um, nothing, yeah, nothing's more important, I think, uh, than taking care of yourself. I love that you brought it up. Self-care is something that it's not talked about much, but it's so important, especially as an entrepreneur, or as, as a professional, taking care of your physical body, your mental health, uh, and being intentional about it, putting it on your calendar, because that's something that not many people do. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, sure. And, and lastly, where, where can people find more about you, Akua? Where can people follow you? What's the best place to do that? Yeah. So Akua, A-K-U-A dot C-O. So not dot com, but dot C-O is definitely uh, the best for the website. You can see our burgers there. You can see all of our social handles on the website. Um, My personal Instagram, which I welcome people to follow and DM me on is at CBM because my full name is Courtney Boyd Meyer. So at CBM on Instagram. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll make sure to add it to the show notes. But uh, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your journey, and continuing to inspiring, especially female entrepreneurs or females that want to be entrepreneurs into this uh, journey. Uh, My absolute you. pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our RSS feed on ivypodcast.com and all major podcasting platforms like Spotify and iTunes. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes.